Swinging a pop fly shallow right, charging Margot. He is under it, and the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. For the second time in franchise history, the Rays are on their way to the World Series. Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. There's a swing and a drive right center field. Back and it goes, bets to the wall. Get out of here. It's gone. And it's a record-setting ninth home run this postseason for Randy Arozarena. Coming up, we sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Swing it a long drive, deep to left field. Going back is Gardner, all the way to the wall. It's gone! A home run for Mike Brasso. The Rays have taken a 2-1 lead and sweet justice in San Diego. Now here's your host, Neil Solons. As we count down to opening day, we did hear from Kevin Cash before the game, and he said that they're planning right now as if Jimon Choi is not going to be able to answer the opening bell. He's been dealing with right knee inflammation. It was in doubt, but now Kevin Cash giving a further indication he won't be ready, along with Brett Phillips. And on the pitching side, uh, one relief note is that Chaz Rose been bothered by a bit of a cranky shoulder. Kevin Cash, he said he's doing better and should be back on the mound shortly, but hasn't pitched in just over a week. As far as our game today goes, Joey Wendell is in the lineup, and he is one of our featured guests on our Countdown to Opening Day show. Kevin Cash really calls him a glue guy to the ball club. And on the bench, another glue guy for this team is Matt Cutrero, the race bench coach, and he also has been kind of putting things together with the COVID protocols during the course of this spring. You're going to hear from both those guys on our show today. We're continuing from Port Charlotte, Florida, and you're listening to Countdown to Opening Day on 95.3 WDAE and AM620. Hey, stream every regular season game live or on demand with MLB.tv online or on your favorite supported devices as well as select spring training games. Blackouts and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Neil Solon's with you. This is Countdown to Opening Day. Rays taking on the Braves today, and Dave and Andy have the play-by-play at the top of the hour. Joey Wendell in the starting lineup today. He's playing third base, and of course he'll do a little bit of everything, playing second, short, and third during the course of the season. Kevin Cash calls him a glue guy, and I asked Joey what it means to be called such on this group. Well, one, you kind of have to be old. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, you know, I take that as a compliment when, when, when people say things like that. You know, I, I think it you know, I've been here for this will be my fourth year, which, you know, in general terms, isn't a, too long of a time. But, you know, for, for the Rays, that's a, that's a good bit of time. There's a lot of a lot of turnover here for, for different reasons. And, uh, you know, to have been here for, for three consecutive years. And then, um, you know, I think I think being through a, a couple kind of transitions into a team that, you know, people didn't expect to do much in 18 to a team where, you know, the expectations were high in 2020. And then kind of just being there uh, through all of that and being a piece in all three of those teams I think uh you know kind of plays into that and then uh you know, we have such a, a young and talented group of players. And, and like I said, you know, I, I'm certainly not old, definitely not a veteran in this game. But, you know, I, I'm older than a, a lot of the guys on the team. And I think, um, you know, some of the experiences that I've been through kind of uh, can help me relate with a lot of the players and, uh, and you know, kind of find common ground. It's Kevin Kiermaier, Joey, that has the most time with the race. But he calls you one of his favorite guys because of the way you carry yourself, the way you play. So to hear that from someone who also means so much to the franchise, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, well, Kevin's Kevin's been the you know the face of the franchise for 
for quite some time now, and he, he's done uh, – I, I mean, his value to this team, I mean, you, you really can't even put it into words. And, you know, for, for him to say that, and I, you know, I've played alongside him every day for, for three years now, yeah, I mean, that's that's high praise as well. And um, like I said, he, he's just so valuable to this organization and, and, you know, what he brings to the table every day on the field, but just also off the field. I mean, he's, he's the leader out there, and, um, you know, for him to say that is, you know – something that I don't take lightly. You talked at the top about how this group always undergoes a fair amount of turnover, and rightfully so, but in large part, the position player group is back from a year ago. So how does that feel, and how much does it help? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it helps a lot. I mean, defensively, getting used to playing at, playing next to guys. And then just offensively, I mean, you know, I think another year of experience under our belts last year, even though it was a, a shortened one. I mean, you know, I think that only works in our favor. And, you know, we, we know what uh, what guys bring to the table and we're, we're excited. I mean, I'm excited to, to watch some of the some of the younger guys, watch, see what Randy can do this year. And, um, you know, along with a handful of other guys, just uh, – you know, we're, we're excited to kind of get things going and to have that have that same group of position players back is exciting. And then, you know, the additions on the pitching side are, are exciting as well. I mean, if there's anything that I've learned from being here for three years, it's to, to trust the moves that, you know, the, the front office and the staff are making. Because it seems like, you know, to, to this point, every, everyone that they've made has been a solid one. Obviously, you know, losing Blake and losing Charlie, I mean, um, those guys are two phenomenal pitchers and, and their their presence will, will definitely be missed. But, um, we're, you know, we're, we're so confident in the guys that, that we've got that, uh, you know, you know we're, we're excited and we're looking forward to it. How much does spring training help with that, Joey, in terms of just the confidence level? Obviously, you have confidence in the front office, but here you get to see and know the guys that they've acquired. Yeah, um, I mean, spring training is big for a lot of reasons. Obviously, you know, just physically getting ready for the season. And then, like you talked about, bringing, bringing that confidence and just, you know, see, seeing the guys, that you know, the new players that, that were brought in, um, getting to face them and see them in person and get to know them in the clubhouse. I mean, I think it goes a long way when you're facing a guy on the backfield and, uh, you know, you hear, hear guys talking and you see the, the metrics on their pitches and everything like this. And it, it's pretty clear why they were brought in. And, you know, that, that's what you can be confident and I was that, you know, guys like Waka and Archer and, you know, McHugh and there's a handful of others that, you know, they weren't just picked at random by the Rays. I mean, there was a reason each and every one of them was brought in and they're, they're obviously all veterans and, um, you know, bring a lot to the table. So, so yeah, it's exciting. And, and, you know, this is a good time for us to kind of start building some confidence and, and just getting to know each other as well. Joy, the 2018 season, you won 90 games and people say that helped the 2019 team get to the playoffs and that led to the World Series Club in 20. So, do you think this group comes in even hungrier having come so close last year? Yeah, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I think, um, you know, being being there at the World Series and, and getting a little taste of that and seeing how close we were able to come last year. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it motivates you. It, it um you know, it gives you a little taste of, of what it was like and, you know, getting to see um, the Dodgers get so close so many years in a row and then and then finally win it last year. I mean, you know, I think that's our, our goal is to get close last year and, and then obviously come away with it this year. I mean, if uh, if we don't believe that, that we're capable of that, then, you know, what, what are we doing here? Um, and obviously we do, and uh, we're, we're definitely confident going into the season. That said, you mentioned the losses of Blake and Charlie and the additions that have been made. Do you think you guys fly a little little bit under the radar this year just because people nationally are thinking you're going to take a step back and does that help motivate the group maybe i i, I mean honestly and, and this isn't to, to discredit anybody i 
you know, I, I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to that stuff. I mean, projections are, are great, you know, if you're, if you're putting bets on the season or whatever. But, I mean, we play 162 games and every single one is different. And regardless of what the projections are for, for each game or each series, uh, you know, whatever it may be, I mean, what actually happens out there between the lines is what matters. And, um, you know, we might not be projected to, to – won as many games as we were projected to win last year. But, you know, one of the things I think we kind of pride ourselves on as a team is, is finding ways to win baseball games. And if we're projected to, to lose and we win, then, you know, then, then it's not the projection that matters. It's the win. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know what our projections are, where we're supposed to finish or this, that and the other. But I, I know that uh, I know that this is a group of winners and, and, you know, we have a lot of work ahead of us and, Obviously, we're in a good division, a good league. Um, you know, we, we have our work cut out for us for sure. We know that. But, yeah, we're, we're, we're confident rolling into 2021. Joey, it is a game of adjustments, and I know how hard you work. Where do you think you've grown from a year ago? I think I've I've gained a little bit more familiarity with shortstop and have a little bit more comfort uh, comfort over there on the defensive side of things and then offensively I mean it's it's something different every year I think um, just trying to have more mature at bats and um, obviously pitch selection is something for me that that's always been a little bit of an issue so I think um, you know some some small adjustments that have been made here and there over the course of the off season hopefully will will help to address those this season. And from a team perspective, what are the things that this group needs to do better or as well as it did last year to get where it wants to go? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like the first thing that first thing that comes to mind is just compete. I, you know, I don't I don't know if we can do that any better this year, but just compete every day. Bring it bring what we have to the table. And, uh, you know, I think if we do that, I think if we stay focused, keep uh, the end goal in mind that, uh, you know, that the things throughout the course of the season will take care of themselves. I mean, this is a this is a group that's that's young and hungry. And, um, you know, I think if we continue to focus and compete every single day that, you know, we'll be happy at the end of the season when, uh, you know, when we're hopefully going into the playoffs or, or whatever that looks like. You've moved beyond the last off day of the spring. You're kind of in that home stretch. There have been some cuts. Of course, the young guys who could help at some point. What was the greatest impression you got out of some of the young players in terms of their hunger level? Yeah, two, two things. I mean, just uh, crazy talent. You know, the, the the guys on the roster and even so many of the guys not not on the roster. I mean, it's a, it's a talented group offensively and defensively. And... Um, you know, they're, they're also very mature. I, I mean, look at guys, you know, you, you got a guy like Taylor Walls, who, you know, I was taking ground balls with the other day, and I was, you know, asking him questions at shortstop and, and, and trying to pick his brain a little bit. And then, you know, you have Franco, who's, uh, you know, just, just I don't know if I've seen him had a bad at-bat yet. So, uh, you know, the talent is obviously there too, but um, you have a lot of maturity and a lot of guys who, um, you know, are, are great in the clubhouse as well. So uh, it's exciting and, you know, uh, looking forward to, you know, seeing those guys contribute um, probably sooner rather than later, honestly. That's Joey Wendell, certainly one of the key veterans for the Rays this year. And uh, he was one of the first guys already in the dugout today as the Rays getting set for their game against the Atlanta Braves. When we continue on our Countdown to Opening Day show, we'll hear from another key guy with the Rays, and that being on the bench. Bench coach Matt Quattrero joins us when we continue getting you set for the Rays and Braves. This is Countdown to Opening Day on 95.3 WDAE and AM620. Hey, you can help prevent the spread of coronavirus. The Rays are reminding you to follow state and local guidelines, wear a mask in public, practice social distancing, and wash your hands frequently. Raise up and mask up. 
Neil Solon's with you on Countdown to Opening Day. 11 days away from the Rays taking on the Marlins in Miami to open the 2021 season. Today it's the Atlanta Braves, and Dave and Andy will have the action at the top of the hour. Well, certainly this has been a spring like no other with COVID protocols, and I chatted with the bench coach of the Rays, Matt Cutrero, and asked him what's been the hardest part. The work that Tyler Wall and the clubhouse staff and Ryan Harmon and Jonah in the, in the food prep and TC and Joey and those guys with Joe Benj, all, all, the, all the guys that had to put all the work into getting the facility set up, Tim McKechnie down here and Shane Rossetti, they, those guys put in unbelievable amounts of time to come up with the plans that were going to work for us. And as you know, things were changed at the last minute, different protocols, different spacings, different uh, areas that needed to be added. Uh, with the tents for eating outside and an auxiliary weight room and testing center and all that kind of stuff. So those are the people that had to do all the heavy lifting to get this off the ground. From my standpoint, you know, the first 10 days, you know, uh, were, were kind of challenging to make sure that we were spacing everybody out and, and making sure that it was running smoothly, you know, but I, I rely on the staff a ton for that stuff. You know, I get a ton of input from Chad and, and Hoove and, and obviously Cashy and Kyle uh, runs the pitching, you know, that's pretty self-sufficient. So it was just challenging to make sure everybody was where they were supposed to be. Overall, you know, once the games have started, it's kind of calmed down. We get into a little bit of a routine, you know, around that fixed game event. So that helps us out quite a bit. But challenges were there for sure. But, you know, in in a way, I think we were kind of used to it from 2.0 last year. So that's helped us out, uh, at least knowing that the players were were ready to to do something different. Speaking of players with 70 some players in camp, can you, and and they're all being spread out, can you identify each of them now with masks on? (laughs) Not when when we show up in the dark for testing in the morning, no, but throughout the rest of the day, yeah. That is funny though you say that because, you know, you see people coming from a distance and you gotta, you're not exactly sure who it is yet. And at least you get to, you know, you get to see them on a regular basis and you've gotten to kind of, you know, get a, a feel for them. How difficult is it to prep for the regular season when you're prepping now for six months instead of two? No, I don't think, I don't think from that standpoint, at least, you know, position player wise, it's, it's very similar. You know, the guys get their two, three at bats, play five, six, seven innings. You know, the biggest difference so far has been the, the variability in the lengths of the games. You know, obviously the pitching is the big concern for everybody across baseball. And, you know, the, the difference in the innings they, they logged last year to what they could potentially log this year. So we've been we've been extra careful with the pitching. And obviously you guys talked to Kyle quite a bit. I mean, he's he and Stan are on top of that. But from a position player standpoint, things have been very similar. You know, we listen to the guys and how they tell us they're feeling, what their what their bodies feel like. We mix in, uh, you know, a couple days off here and there for guys. Otherwise, they're more or less every other day. Some guys will play back-to-back, and then they'll get two days off after that. But as we go down the stretch here in the last 10 days or so, they'll they'll start to go, you know, an extra at-bat or an extra an extra couple innings in the field and just get them, get them more accustomed to the full lengths of the games and playing back-to-back days. Is that individualized based on the guy, or generally every guy is going to end up playing some back-to-backs before the start of the regular season if they're making the roster? I mean, it is individualized, but for the most part, guys will do that. I mean, some guys will come to us and say they want three in a row, or we kind of feel it out how the game's going, too, because every game, you know, you can have a five-inning 
uh, outing where it's an hour and then you can have a five inning outing on a hot day where it's two hours, you know, so everything's kind of different. And we try to gauge that a little bit just to, you know, use common sense and, and let the guys tell us how they feel in their recovery. Q, I'm curious, you know, from a, a position player standpoint, because you've gotten a, a real firsthand look at it, how good has the depth been and how does it compare to the past? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> if you took the names off the jerseys or, you know, you just you didn't know who was starting on our on our big league team. I mean, there's very little difference in what you see from the guys that are here in their first minor league or big league camp or, or guys that are just maybe have been here a couple times. The talent level in the organization is amazing. You know, the, the first year I came back in 2018, when I saw the guys they were sending over as backups, compared to some of the players of, of the past, you know, like when I was playing and when, when I was managing the lower levels, they've really stocked the farm system. And I think the word you use, the depth, is is really apparent. And there's always been the high-end talent, but now it's high-end talent that, that, that runs deep through the system. Is it athleticism? Is it abilities? What's, what's the biggest change that you see in the last few years? Well, I mean, I, I don't think you can put one thing on it. I mean, they are every, everybody seems very athletic. They're very driven. They're they're obviously the game has changed tremendously in the way these guys are physically prepared. I mean, they're they're all extremely strong, extremely quick. You know, so there, there's really not one thing you can point to that's different. It's just a better athlete, I think, and a uh, a, a very focused, driven player that that we've done a good job of getting into the system with amateur scouting, pro scouting, international scouting, all those areas where they they've really done a good job of of picking the best of the best. When you look at the group that's now left, you guys have gone beyond. Let's say your your last off day, you're beyond your first set of cuts, so to speak. What are the restrictions now that you guys have to deal with? Because normally uh, the rosters are cut down a whole lot more normally at this point than uh, than they are right now. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting way for us to manage these last 10 days. Uh, you know, we have, like you said, some, some players have been sent out, but without minor league camp, some of those players will still have to play in the games for us on a regular basis so that we're not running the guys into the ground uh, every day. We'll just have to set up some sort of rotation where they come back and get there at bats. And, you know, it's different for the minor league players, too, because they're not getting ready for a season that starts in 10 days or two weeks. You know, so we're trying to balance it for them, too, that you don't get them in inordinate amount of time and then they have to sit for six more weeks before they play a, a real game so there's a balancing act on both sides for for the major league players and the minor league players i couldn't tell you exactly how it's going to work but on a day-to-day basis we'll figure it out and, and get the right number of at-bats and you say they aren't getting ready yet for a minor league season but they're some in some cases they might be your closest guy to the big leagues you have to make sure those guys are ready to play nine innings immediately in cases of an injury because you've had a couple of those, whether it's Jimon Choi or, um, or Brett Phillips that have got banged up in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we feel pretty confident that the guys are ready right now. I mean, if we had to go into a season, the, the, the backup guys are ready. Uh, they've been getting regular at-bats, whether it's in the A games or in the sim games on the backfield. So as far as from a conditioning standpoint, they'd, they'd be ready to go. But, you know, you don't, you don't want to risk getting them too much playing time and risk them getting injured when they don't have to go out and perform in a, you know, in an actual minor league game for, you know, till the beginning of May. Unless there's a need, I guess, at the big league level, right? No, because of course. That's, that's, yeah. and, that's, yeah. and that's kind of the weird part of this. You know, it's like you're in a holding pattern, but you got to be ready to, for the intensity of Major League Baseball, potentially. Well, and that's you're not going to get the intensity of Major League Baseball in the 
ATS or on the backfield. So some of that's unavoidable. You can't you can't simulate that just by just by playing a few extra innings of a sim game. These guys are used to that. You 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 know it's just not the way it works. They're physically ready, but your body reacts differently with the adrenaline, and you get the crowds going and the and the pressure of when the games are real and. There's no 100% readiness coming out of spring training, but you know you do your best to get them physically prepared, and they've been very honest with us about how they feel as well. As we come down the stretch here of spring training, Q, um, I'm kind of curious your take on the overall group. Obviously, so close to winning a championship last year, have been to the postseason two years in a row. What's your feel about the way camp has gone and just how good this group can be? You know, I think it's funny you ask that because yesterday I was just thinking, you know, the, one of the really impressive things that I've I've noticed just kind of walking around is you don't hear a lot of talk about last year. Early on, there was, you know, people congratulating each other that haven't seen each other since the playoffs or whatever, but it's been focused on this year. And I think that's one of the things that these guys do a really good job of because it'd be very easy to kind of talk about last year and kind of revel in that stuff. But these guys are focused. And, and I think that's part of the thing that uh, Cashy's done such a good job of here and Eric has done such a good job of is the process, the process, the process, and getting getting guys ready for today. And then today leads into tomorrow, and that all kind of take, builds on itself and gets the guys ready to perform. So I think that's been really impressive, and I think that these guys, they have a tremendous amount of pride, and they're they're very happy of what they accomplished last year, but it's it's not ultimately what they want to, how they want the season to finish. So we're confident in our depth, we're confident in our talent, and we're, we're very hopeful that things break our way like they did last year. And that's Matt Cutrero, the Rays bench coach. Certainly some very interesting stuff from him in terms of his perspective on the group and the way they're handling things so far this spring. Hey, the Rays Rookies Kids Club, presented by Outback Steakhouse, is back with swagger. Kids receive a duffel bag, American League Championship socks, and also access to exclusive digital experiences with Rays players and staff. Memberships are limited, so join today at RaysBaseball.com slash RaysRookies and raise up. Certainly appreciate the time with the bench coach of the Rays, Matt Cutrero, and his honesty of the group. And uh, same goes for Joey Wendell, who is at third base today as the Rays getting set to take on the Atlanta Braves. On the program next week, our final countdown to opening day show. Yes, we're that far in spring training. It'll be pitching, pitching, and more pitching. Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach, will be with us, along with Michael Waka, who did a really nice job yesterday throwing four shutout innings we are closing in on opening day it's the rays and the atlanta braves today ryan yarbrough making his latest tune-up with most of the regulars behind him dave and andy will have all the play-by-play coming up uh thanks back in our studios today jason Berenger. same goes on site to one mark hayes i'm neil solons and if you missed any of the show it'll be archived don't worry about that coming up it is the rays and the atlanta braves Thanks for being with us. This is Countdown to Opening Day at 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day. Swing line drive, right center. It's a base hit. Kiermaier around third. He scores the tying run. If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash radio. And now they've got a call between third and home. The ball gets away. In the score, Rosarena. The Rays have won. Opening Day will be here before you know it. They're trying to catch him in the outfield and they can't. That has got to be one of the most unlikely endings to a World Series game in the history of baseball. The Rays have won it 8-7 on a base hit by Phillips. For ticket information, visit RaysBaseball.com.